0: Have a good time. Whenever you're with the Lord, you have a good time. My sermon title, as I first gave it out, was, Who Me? Question mark, exclamation point. And you might be thinking, that's really very, very strange. But I was wondering, have you ever had someone ask you a question and you answer it with, who? Me? It could have been words of condemnation, words of appreciation, or even words of praise. But we answer it with a question. Who? Me? In Samuel 3, 1, 10, we meet a young boy. Now his mother's name was Hannah. And Hannah was praying fervently to have a son. And she did. Her prayers were answered. So she dedicated him to the Lord before he was born because it was such a burden on her heart that she wanted a son. Now Samuel was trained and taught by the priests from an early age. And according to many scholars, Samuel experienced one of the most amazing calls to God's service of any person in the Bible Let me repeat that, because that is awesome. That Samuel experienced one of the most amazing calls, amazing, to God's service of any other person named in the Bible, in the scriptures. And in those days, when um, Samuel was growing up, The words of the Lord was rare, and there weren't many visions. So let's listen to the story of Samuel's call. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark of the Lord was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am and then he ran to Eli and he said here I am you called me but Eli said I did not call you go back and lie down so he went and lay down again the again the Lord called Samuel and he said Samuel And Samuel got up again and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed. And so we see here that it was obvious that Samuel took care of Eli and was obedient to what Eli told him to do. And yet we're told in verse 7, which we're going to read together, that Samuel did not know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not been revealed. And let us all at home and here join in reading with Samuel was experiencing at this moment. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. I got thinking about this, because this happens to us when we can't fully understand what God is asking of us. And when we can't share what we know but not know what God wants for us. Yes, we get in the way sometimes. What God wants to show us and nurture a loving relationship, and I'm sure this was an exciting experience, as it is for us, when we answer God's call in our lives, Answering a call versus growing in so many ways that we sometimes lose sight of who we are and why we're here. And let us now share the rest of Samuel's story. A third time the Lord calls, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Why was it so important for Samuel to respond to God's call? Why is it important for us to respond to God's call? Why can't we just say God wants us to do something? God is calling us to do something. Because it's scary. Change is scary. And at the same time, it's exciting. You know, I got thinking about why it was important for Samuel. And in the future, listen to what happened to Samuel. God gave Samuel specific revelations and he became a prophet. Then after the death of Eli, Samuel became the judge of Israel. What responsibility? And the the um, resources tell us that he was the most compassionate judge that Israel ever had. And then he established what is thought to be the first school of the prophets. Wow. God's call was simple, follow me. And Eli was there to help him And yes we all need help when we answer God's call in a bit I'm going to tell you a little bit about God's call in my life and there is laughing aloud because what happened was I was a special ed director in Maine and the Methodist church was quite some distance from where I lived so I was going to a congregational church and they wanted me to join the church I used to tell children's stories every Sunday and uh, they got to the point where the kids would come out to the car and help me empty my trunk with whatever we were going to talk about And the pastor wanted me to be the director of their educational program their Sunday school program and I said no I really can't do that I still had my membership with the United Methodist Church now at the same time as some of you already know I like to worship and I like to worship early in the morning And I defy you to find a Protestant church open early every morning so I would go to Roman Catholic Mass every morning and I got to know the priest really well and he was really a hot sketch and we had a good time and I was living a life so full and so wonderful That I never wanted to leave it and then I had a dream literally had a dream and I didn't understand what it was saying to me so I called a pastor friend of mine down in Rhode Island and I said I need help tell me what this means and he says it means you're in for a big change I said, wow. Well, it was a big change. I found out that there was some money available for going back to school in the Boston area. So I went and applied to two schools, was accepted at both of them, and decided to go to Boston University. And would you believe I went there to become a... um, Spiritual director. And so I was in the, all the classes, and they accepted me into the program because of my past, the testing that had been done, and what I had passed. But in the past, they didn't ask me to go through any testing for my admission into school and I'm saying I don't think I'm going to like this I mean this is moving too fast for me And then I started classes And I went to my advisor and I said I want to be a you know a therapist and I want to be able to work with clergy and people in the church and he said really I said yes <laughs> anyway he said Luis and these are his exact words I'll never forget them we can teach somebody to become a therapist we can't teach someone to have a deep spirituality and you have a deep spirituality I want you to think about being a spiritual director and I said, oh, the fault. I've got to pray about this. I mean, everything was changing so quickly for me. And I went back to him and I said, okay. So I went and went in to take all my courses. Boston University didn't offer a program in spiritual direction. So I had to take courses at Boston College, at Harvard, at the Episcopal Divinity School, and St. John's College, to be able to get enough credits to have a degree in spiritual direction, and spiritual growth. It was wild, really wild, but it was so broadening so exciting that I was doing something I never in the world thought I would ever do never and wasn't sure I really wanted to do it either and so I said I sat down one night and I said okay God I will do whatever you want me to do and I look back on those days because that's when I was told by a professor that they were going to uh, fail me if I didn't get on the odd nation track. And that's a whole other story. But you have to be open. No matter how scary it might be, you have to be open to the change God has for you in your life. It's really amazing how you come through on the other side. Now there's another place that we witness a calling in the scriptures. Let's turn to John, my favorite of the Gospels. Chapter 1, And we're going to be looking at verses 43 to 51. And it's going to be here that we meet Philip the Apostle, the evangelist. And by the way, it is speculated that Philip was the first disciple of John the Baptist because he lived in the same region where John preached. (coughs) And he had a friend, Nathaniel, And let's hear this story beginning in verse 43. The next day Jesus decided to leave Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anyone good come from there? Nathanael wanted to know. Come and see, said Philip. And when Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Has anyone said that about you? No deceit. That means from the littlest comment that you make about doing something, like, oh yeah, I read that. Oh yes, I did that. And you sort of did it but he didn't really do it we have to know that he was indeed blameless now Nathaniel saw Jesus for who he is and Jesus proved to Nathan to, to Nathaniel that he knows all about him and will show him what the future holds. Christ's glory is the Son of Man. Mm, Powerful, isn't it? Nathaniel was the first to believe in Jesus Christ and to accept Jesus' call. The first. May each one of us not be the last. And a friend brought him to Christ. Now, what did he ask Jesus? How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you, because I saw you under the fig tree, you will see greater things than that. He then added, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Follow me. That's so simple to hear. Two words. Follow me. It's so easy to hear. So easy to say, yes, Lord, I'm going to do that, and then go and do whatever you were doing. It's important that even today, as Jesus saw those three men, we too have to follow Jesus. Now how does God speak with you and I? Through others. I was listening to country music, another love of mine, uh, while I was working the other night and I heard a song for the first time and it was about what you—what would you do if Jesus came to visit and spend a few days with you? Whoa! Would you let him in before you got out of your pajamas? Would you cook a special meal for him? Would you be just you and that's what we're called to do we're called to be like Jesus Christ and so we are called to follow his words and we find those words in scriptures study Bibles but we still have to listen to that still small voice we need not only listen, we have to hear what God has to say to us. God does call us, and he calls us directly. No cell phone. He's direct. With an intentional purpose, a calling on our lives. be willing to be humble to move and to turn to God becoming new creations he breaks through ourselves wills and calls us forth to be a people for God we then become so thankful and when we ask a question we answer not with who me we answer with Oh, me? Different, same words, different meanings after we accept Jesus Christ. And so I hope today, through the men that we saw and talked with and read about, that you will see the excitement and the need to answer God's call on your life. You know, I just want to say one thing to you. I was given this script this morning. And the thing I'm going to read to you next is Psalm 139. And I'm going to be having a difficult time because... I was going through some dark times in my life and it was Psalm 139 to cut me through it. God gave me this reading that I read every single day for six months. And I said, God is here. God is touching each and every one of us, including me. And let us read Psalm 139. Do we have that? O Lord, you have searched me and known me well. You know when I sit down, when I rise up. You discern my thoughts afar from away. You search out my path and my lying down and i acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O oh Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in before and behind and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. For it was you who formed my inward parts You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And in this place, fearfully means awesomely. That is so exciting. I praise you, for I am awesomely and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and I know very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes beheld my unformed substance. In your book were written the days that were formed for me, when none of them as yet existed. How weighty to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. I try to count them. They are more than sand. I come to the end, and I am still with you. And now, as our wonderful musicians come forth, know that God is with you Feel the love of God, the excitement of Christ. And just grow and change every minute of your existence. And all of God's people said, and don't forget you at home, I can hear you. Amen.
1: You, Lord, there's nothing, nothing is better than you. Indeed, my friends, there is nothing better than God. There's nothing better than the relationship that God offers us. Whether you're here in the church or you're at home and Good Shepherd at home, I challenge you to hear the call of God. To hear Him say, follow me. May the grace and peace of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit give you courage and power to follow God wherever you're called. Go in peace. Amen.